when you're out on the racetrack doing perhaps 200 kilometers an hour or more, there's a lot going on in a very short period of time. And often it's pretty tricky when you come back into the pits to know exactly what went on and why you were perhaps faster or slower on a particular corner. And this is where data analysis and data logging comes in. And we're here with Roger from AIM Sports to talk a little bit about how data logging and data analysis can help to make even the average club level competitor much faster at any given racetrack. Welcome to High Performance Academy's Tuned In Field Report podcast series. In these special midweek episodes, we look back through our archives to find the best conversations we've had through years worth of attending the best automotive events across the globe. We've pulled the audio from these tech-filled interviews with some of the industry's most well-known figures and presented it in podcast format for you to enjoy as a quick hit of insider knowledge. So for a start, I think when a lot of people consider data analysis and data logging, they're probably thinking of Formula One where there's a bunch of technicians staring at an array of monitors looking at what's happening on the car out on the track and well yes this is one level of data analysis that's the uh, very pinnacle and there are much much simpler systems available so for a start for the average club level racer what sort of inputs are key? What, what would you consider to be the key inputs that you really need in order to be able to figure out what the car's doing and make smart decisions? What's really cool is, uh, we'll chat about that in a second, but that upper level, we're able to do with modern electronics and, and lower pricing of things. The club racer, the amateur ra- racer is able to do a lot of those things. And what becomes important is speed, right? Uh, what happened, where did it happen, why did it happen? And we can now get to that fairly easily with just some GPS-based loggers and understand, you know, where were you faster? Where were you slower compared to your qualifying, your practice, your teammate, whatever it happens to be? Where did it happen? And then why did it happen? And with that, you can determine, you know, and, and make some changes and, and help your driving. So one of the key channels there, if you like, is really that speed because everything you do in terms of your throttle input, your setup changes to the car, which may or increase the grip, will really result in uh, an overall improvement in the speed. And obviously, over the, the entire length of a lap, the result of more speed is, of course, a quicker lap time. So in terms of the other inputs, you've got speed there. Uh, what else do you need and where can you deduce that speed input from? Yeah, I call speed the money channel, right? It's the bottom line. If you're going faster there, your lap times are getting better and everything is good. And with the speed, that's the what, you know, what happened. And then the where and the why, you start using lateral Gs and you know, longitudinal Gs, braking, acceleration, all these different things. Put those together into a G-sum channel and understand the, the physics of what you're doing. And then just with some basic channels, you can understand where you were faster and where you were slower and how to fix it. All right, so lateral and longitudinal G-force as well, those are obviously keys there. And I think it's really important as well, again, if we sort of look back to that Formula One example, there's potentially hundreds, if not thousands of channels that these data engineers are analysing in order to figure out what's going on with the car. And for us as as enthusiasts coming into this, often less is more. And and really focusing on some of those key channels and a small number of channels can actually make it easier for us to do our job. But how can we go about getting that data in a format that's easy to use? What are our options uh, in terms of cost-effective logging solutions? We have a number of products, but that one that is just so popular is the Solo, a GPS-based data logger, right, lap timer. Gives you lap times, gives you the basic GPS channel, speed, lateral Gs, longitudinal Gs, position, those kind of things. 
and it's magnetic. It's got a battery. You put it in the car and you can share it with your buddies and teammates, stick it in a car, grab the data and compare what happened, where it happened, why did it happen, right? Yeah, speed. So standalone, easy to move between cars, relatively cost effective. And then you've got the ability to get those channels you've just talked about. It's using GPS. So you've got track position. Uh, it can infer speed from the GPS or uh, differentiating the movement through GPS. And you've got lateral and longitudinal G-force. Now, I know a lot of people are a little bit concerned about the accuracy of the GPS input. Can you talk to us a little bit about how much of a real concern that is? course there is some concern we're mathematically grabbing and, and calculating our position on the face of the earth and then of course of where we're at on the racetrack and then there's some error there but with gps you have there's positional accuracy and there's relative accuracy so the positional is where we have some error the way you need to think about it is you are here and a tenth of a second later you're here and a tenth of a second later you're here the relative difference between those two we can calculate very very accurately you know thousands of a foot very very accurate and that's how we calculate speed and 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 lateral G's and all these different things. Because of that, a, G, a basic GPS sen uh, sensor in one of our solos is giving you some really, really powerful and quite accurate information relative to the other points you've just ran. So there will be a little bit of positional accuracy and maybe your two or three feet difference. We're well within a meter typically in position, but the relative is where you really work when you're doing data acquisition with GPS. Now, in terms of that positional accuracy, does that depend on whereabouts in the world you happen to be racing and how many satellites are actually visible to the unit? It's all about how many satellites are up there and the geometric formation of those satellites, right? If you get a bunch of satellites in all four quadrants above you, no matter where you're at, you're getting good mathematical formula to allow it to calculate good position. If you're way in the southern hemisphere, way in the northern hemisphere, a lot of the satellites are in one part of your window of, your, of the sky. And because of that, then the math is a little harder. So there is a little bit of that. It's not as bad as uh, I think it used to be with less satellites than we have now. Now, I think the other thing that's important here is obviously you've got that speed trace, you've got the lateral and longitudinal g-force as you've mentioned. Because you're getting the uh, latitude and longitude position updating continuously as the car goes around the track, this also allows the ability to do track mapping, which is important. When we come back and analyse, as you mentioned, what happened and where did it happen on the track, so analysing the performance of the car and the driver for a, a given part of the racetrack. And also this allows the lap timing. So standalone again, you don't need to go and put a beacon out on the side of the track for a lot of the racetracks you already have a pre-configured gps coordinate for the start finish line if not if you're at a, a different racetrack where those don't exist you can create your own so constantly as the car's going around the track the driver can actually view their lap time in real time as they go past that start finish line do you want to take your car knowledge game to the next level join us in the next free lesson at hpacademy.com free and start developing your own skills today now that lap time can be really useful particularly if we have someone set a reference lap who maybe is a pro driver maybe just a lot faster than than we are in the car so can you talk to us about what a reference lap is and how that's useful for improving your own driving yeah, the reference lab is what we're just comparing against that all the time, right? So we have thousands and thousands of maps in our database ready for you to go preloaded on the solo when you buy one, right? You stick it in your car, it's probably going to work at any permanent track that's anywhere in the world. Then if you don't, we build our own. It's easy enough to autocross auto or temporary tracks, easy enough to do, right? Push a button on the, on the display. And now we've got this track map and maybe you've shared the data logger or you're qualifying versus your race if you're racing by yourself. That reference lap, we can either take the ref best lap of the day or the best lap of that session reference against it automatically it's happening all the time you're getting predictive lap timing in the car you're seeing your lap times coming down to going up 
And boy, that's just so powerful as a self-driver coaching process. So you can improve yourself while on the track without even having to talk. You come off that slow corner, you look down, your lap time's getting better on the exit. You, you did a great corner, right? So that self-coaching is very, very valuable. Yeah, I think the predictive lap time functionality is something that is often overlooked, even by uh, some pretty experienced drivers. And uh, I find myself using that sort of functionality in qualifying as well, maybe in practice where you're trying a different line through a particular corner. So you don't actually have to wait till you go past the start-finish line to get the final lap time, which of course is the accumulation of all of your parts of the track. So you might have got one part really, really good and messed up one other corner and, and that sort of throws the whole time away. So you can see in an instant whether, whether your line through the corner was an improvement. But then, of course analyzing that data on a laptop when you've got a little bit more time on your hands uh, this can be a little bit more powerful so uh, can you talk to us about how we can uh, look at the difference between that reference lap again maybe we've seen a pro driver out in the car how we can figure out where we can improve yeah we got a lot of tools in our race studio software where you once you bring the data in comparing your lap against your own or your pro driver or a teammate bring them up put them on top of each other and we've got a bar across the bottom we call the time compare bar and it shows you exactly where you're faster or slower and how much time you lost not just you know, how many feet or how, a little, how many miles per hour you're slower, but actual lap time lost or gained in a certain area. So that's a, a cumulative uh, channel which shows where you're gaining or where you're losing time. And by looking at the angle of that line, you can figure out essentially the areas that you're losing or gaining the most. It's the, one of those powerful tools in data analysis because it's quick to find the spot where you were faster or slower and then go right up into the data and figure out where did that happen and why, right? And looking at that speed trace, those lateral G's position on the track with a GPS map, comparing the driving line of the two different laps or whatever it happens to be. So yeah, that time compare bar is a secret to, to a lot of good data analysis. So at the moment, we really actually haven't talked about that many channels. You've got speed, you've got your lap time, obviously, you've got your lateral and longitudinal G-force, and you've got your position on the track coming from GPS as well. So that's not a lot of data. And I think, again, I've mentioned that less is more there. So focusing on those things initially as you're beginning to learn about data analysis and just zero in particular on the uh, time difference channel. But once you start getting a little bit more familiar and you maybe want to start, you've got your low-hanging fruit in, in terms of time gains, you want to start analysing things a little bit more, this is where you want to start bringing in some more channels and maybe connecting to your ECU as well to get some of the ECU channels. So again, looking at the channels that are the key ones, if we've got access to ECU data, can you talk us through what you'd consider to be the first channels you'd want to look at? Yeah, I agree with you. Those, those basic GPS-based channels are, are super powerful, right? And it gets us that what happened, where did it happen really well, and a little bit of the why, because you can infer speed. If your speed went up and down, you kind of know where it kind of came from. But if you really want to dig into it, sometimes those driver inputs are critical, right? And did you get on the throttle sooner? Did you open your hands and start to let the car free up with some additional channels? When did I hit the brakes? When did I get off the brakes? Boy, some of those channels are coming from the ECU connection or analog sensors if we have to. Then it becomes even clearer the, the why certain things happen and we can do even more accurate data analysis. Of course, there are some uh, really fully featured data loggers, dashes uh, that AIM and other companies produce where, as you just mentioned, you can add just about any sensor that you can imagine, wire that in, fit it to the chassis and then get that data. Uh, but of course, again, with this comes an expense. So I think it's important to mention here, a lot of people overlook the fact that particularly if you are running a, a modern car with a, with a factory ECU where you can get data via the OBD2 port or maybe an aftermarket ECU, a lot of that sensor data, particularly maybe uh, at least a brake switch, sometimes brake pressure, uh, definitely throttle position and engine RPM, a lot of that data is already going to be available without the need to 
to add additional sensors. So it's important to not to overlook that you can actually often bring that data in, incorporate it with a GPS-based data and get a, a more sort of Full, full understanding of what's going on there. So in terms of getting a little bit more advanced, once you've got those parameters in there, is there anything else you'd like to look at? To back up there just a second, with that speed, money channel, and then the driver inputs, obviously, right? Hands and feet of the driver. And then you end up with all these other data channels that can make it more complex, but it also makes it more powerful, right? So in the end, you, we can look at deeper brake pressures and, and the speed of applying the brakes, the speed of applying or releasing the throttle, all the way into shock pots and ride height sensors and these things that help us really tune in a car, right? But that gets a little, it gets fairly complex. But once you get the basics of understanding the data, it's just layering on, right? And understanding more, but start lower and then start to add that stuff on. And the power is just uh, astronomical at that point. I think really the key here is if you are completely new to data analysis, start with those basics, get familiar with that, and then start building up. And of course, it's uh, going to be beneficial if you've got a data logging or data analysis system that can grow with your needs. Look, it's been great to get some insight there, Roger. If people do want to find out more about the AIM Sports products, where can they go to? Yeah, we have a website that has a bunch of information, aimsports.com. And then we have also have a, a YouTube site. And if you go on YouTube and just search for AIM Sports Data, we have 65, 70 uh, YouTube videos all about data analysis and how to use our products and how to increase the knowledge. Perfect. Thanks a lot for your time, Roger. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to leave a review on whatever platform you've chosen to listen to it on. It goes a long way to help us getting the word out there. All these conversations and much more are also available in full on our High Performance Academy YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe. It's a one-stop shop when it comes to going faster, stopping quicker and cornering better.